0: I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit.
1: I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively.
0: Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate.
1: It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy.
0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Brexit The Final Countdown, your guide to what's happening, what's not happening and what might not ever happen with Brexit. Helping us seize control of the process this week is lobby insider Martin Brown here in our London studio. And no doubt surrounded by some incredulous Europeans is our Brussels correspondent Joe Barnes. Chaps, welcome. Howdy. The question on everyone's lips, guys, is should we ban post boxes from being built too close to the ground? Just kidding. Um, Okay, so where are we? That was funny. Guys, that was an urgent question. For goodness sake. Okay, so where are we? Last night, Teresa saw a a crushing defeat, a historical defeat for her Brexit deal. Um, We're now left with a vote of no confidence happening, a debate happening as we speak, and then a vote this evening. Martin, where do we go from here?
2: No one really knows. Um perhaps is best if we kind of <clears throat> put it all in context and say how uh, how bad last night's defeat really was mm-hmm. the word in Westminster yesterday swirling around was that the, the defeat was going to be less than 200 or maybe around the 200 mark but this was at the the absolute top end of what everyone was thinking so it was a truly truly historical moment mm-hmm. um biggest defeat in more than 100 years and <clears throat> I think it's really um really thrown everything all bets are off now and no one really knows what is going to happen um, as you say we've got we've got this vote of no confidence later it's somewhat of a side show Theresa May's most likely to win that um, and then I think she'll at some stage whether that's through phone calls or going hopping on her plane and going over to Brussels she's going to try and see if she can get anything from um EU leaders from the EU. Um, she's said that she's going to hold some cross-party talks as well with senior senior politicians from mm. Labour. Um, I don't think that includes Jeremy.
0: No, he has to make his mind up, Andrew Ledson said, about what he wants before he's allowed to ask for it, which I think does make sense.
2: And then we could be back in the Commons again on Monday with a, a so-called Plan B or a slightly tweaked... Deal, um, and then if that goes through, then we're going to have another debate and then another vote.
0: Oh my god, cancel your Valentine's Day plans. Okay, I would like to unpick some things. Firstly, how did they get the number wrong? Like, how did she get how did we miss how do we underestimate the amount she was going to lose by so much? Just were they just being optimistic? Are the whips doing a bad job?
2: Well, then the whips are not doing a very good job, are they? No, they're not. Um, which makes me think why. She knew she was going to lose in December.
0: Yeah.
2: She, okay, rightly, she, she postponed it so she could try and drum up more support. And But based on the, the figures yesterday, I think hard, support hardened against the deal over Christmas. Mm. Um, she would have lost beforehand, maybe not by 230. But we've just wasted a month, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, so we are now a month closer to to Brexit day mm-hmm. um and she's now got less than less time than she would have done to to try and come 72 days we 72 have 72 days, days, days until count. we leave <laughs> um so how did they get the numbers wrong i i just think i think um support hardened over christmas um she didn't really come back with anything else In her phone conversations from Brussels, Joe will know this better than me. Um, What Juncker um, came out with on Monday, I believe, was not enough to persuade any wavering MPs to change their mind. And, yeah, they got it badly wrong and they've
0: been absolutely hammered. Now look at this. What do you think she could come back with that would start chipping away at this overwhelming vote against? Like, What can she come back with from Brussels that's going to like pacify some of these rebellious MPs?
2: Well, um, changes to the Northern Ireland backstop issue, which is the real concern for everyone. If she has, there's some suggestion that if she holds cross-party talks and with Labour and Labour are pushing for a customs union, Mm. um, then that could win support from many Labour MPs, but that would totally... Split the Tory party, so she's not going she's not going to do that um now last night's vote it, some depending on who you talk to, Boris Johnson says that the the scale of the defeat gives her a mandate to go back to Brussels now and say, "Look, nothing's going to get through the Commons unless you give us some serious concessions yeah. um whereas other people are saying that the the defeat was too big, Brussels might have given them something. Had it been a, a smaller no. defeat, um, they might have been willing to to budge on something, but they're not going to they're not going to give no. any big concessions now.
0: Joe, what's the vibe in the corridors of Brussels? No, I think
1: I I, I spoke to a, a member state diplomat the other day before the vote, and and that was exactly what they what they said. They said depending on the size the size of the defeat is what they could offer back in return, and they said anything kind of like not quite a number, but 230, kind of represents the deal being completely dead. And they, they just see it as impossible to go through um, the commons now. So if if they'd maybe gone with 100 or 50, then so-and-so like that, they would have gone, actually, maybe we could tweak something. We could put a bit of pressure on Ireland and get there to, to maybe add another assurance to the backstop. But what's quite frankly is, um, and there are a lot of people in the EU are laughing at Boris and at David Davis Go back to, For the first go back time, the I'm sure. Renegotiate the deal. They're saying, they're, they're they're saying, no, absolutely not. <laughs> the uh, the withdrawal agreement is lashed and, lashed and locked up, and that's not going to be changed.
0: So, okay, so so you think that that the EU are prepared to risk no deal rather than soften their stance and kind of moderate the language around the backstop in order to get this passed? Are we do we do we really believe that, or do you think they're just pushing us?
1: Of course, it's a negotiation, so there, there will be a. Kind of, I expect that final minute compromise. Brussels always, we probably mentioned it before, Brussels is famous, they negotiate until the coffee goes cold. But <laughs> I generally think they are going to, they won't offer anything. And they see there's like, there's no support for the deal, but there's actually support for no deal. So they kind of expect the commons to take over that process and stop it from happening one way or another. Um, by revoking Article 50, or forcing the hand of Theresa May to uh, to ask for an extension.
0: I mean, the extension is kind of what I'm I'm after. I think a nice kind of healthy pad. Let's get to the end of the year with the extended Article 50, um, so that we can actually kind of sort this out. I mean, is that is that what they is that what Europe really want? Is that kind of is that where they're sort of manoeuvring us to get to?
1: They definitely they definitely don't want it because if you think they've got a European election coming up. And if you speak to people in the Parliament who are starting like they've been working on their campaign strategies, they think that allowing an extension of Article 50 is a, an open goal for the, uh, for the populists who can say, oh, look, Britain wanted to leave, but you're holding them against their will because you're not offering them enough and so-and-so. So that's not good for them. Then there's other repercussions. If we go um, extend the, the talk of July, and say what well, I've heard from kind of senior EU officials the July date mentioned a few times, And you go look at that. We would have British MEPs sitting in Parliament if we if we go past the elections um, and into that July date when they first have their first session. If if Theresa May was to come to Brussels and set out clearly the reasons she wanted an extension of Article 50, does she want to hold a general election? Does she want a second referendum, or does she have a plan that generally requires more time to implement? If because we've clear details of what she wants and how she's going to get the deal through then they will likely offer her and again, she won't have a problem with it because um, I, I, again I was, speaking, I was speaking to other people yesterday and they were a little bit frustrated because the government agreed the deal the cabinet agreed the deal and then so she told people in Brussels this will go through parliament, don't worry she gets to parliament and it's completely struck out of the water and, and uh, left for dead
0: That's how I feel listening to this bad line <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about a second referendum because, as of my notes, 70% of Labour Party members want one, 71 Labour MPs and 13 MEPs are backing a people's vote. Could it happen? Will they be writing on the streets? Who would win? Is that not a really good way of just passing the mandate and the decision-making back to the people? Martin, because you're in the studio, it might be easier.
2: Well, yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's in Labour Party policy from their conference for a people's vote um, wasn't
0: it anything's on the t- anything's on the table on right corbin hasn't has Corbyn said he backs the no second, no no it? he's
2: he's remained coy about it um there is i mean yeah there is strong support within the labor party for a second referendum um whether or not it's a good idea i'm not so sure because the the public the public have had their chance to vote on it um Another vote would just create even more chaos. Um, you know, we're in an incredibly chaotic situation as it is with demonstrations and rallies outside Parliament and threats That's to got MPs. That's really nasty, hasn't it? That's like it's really got really nasty, nasty threats to MPs. And, and broadcasters, you know,
0: really lady broadcasters.
2: And really sinister yeah, stuff as well. Stuff. Um, a second referendum could blow that up even further. Mm. Um, but we are inching towards it yeah we are inching towards it the the more you go on without a deal getting through you get closer to a no deal Mm -hmm. which no one really wants um certainly not many parliamentarians want a no deal so i would say a second referendum is more likely than a no deal um but there's got a a lot of water has got to go under the bridge before we get to that you've Got to put through new legislation, you've right. got to extend Article 50. So, <clears throat>
0: so we need the majority in the Commons to get to, to, for a second referendum before, right?
2: Yeah, and, I, and there isn't
0: going to be that. No,
2: we? no, no. um There's going to be, as we were talking about earlier, there's going to be, Theresa May will come back with a tweet deal or a new deal or a plan B or whatever you want to call it in a few days' time once she. she Survives today's vote of no confidence, yeah. of which I think there could be more. Labour are saying that they'll repeatedly put in more votes of no confidence against the government. They,
0: but the one right, thing
2: you know, it, within their rights to yeah. do that.
0: But sorry, the one thing that the Tories are afraid of more than May's deal is an election. So they will always back that. We're always going to back May now, won't we? Yes. Because the one thing that they're more afraid of than her is. A Corbyn government, or in a general election, is Strange,
2: that right? Yeah, strangely, Theresa May is in. With every vote that she wins <laughs> or loses, she seems to be getting a bit stronger. <laughs> she can't be challenged by her own party now for yeah. 12 months, so she's strong in that respect. um She's likely to win a vote of no confidence today. All the Tory MPs, the ERG, Brexiteers, the DUP are all saying that they're going to back her, so. As it stands, she's always going to win a vote of no confidence against the government. So, weirdly, even though she's just suffered the biggest defeat in history... Yeah, um, she's oddly buoyed. She, she's, she's, <laughs> um, yeah, she's emboldened by, by that and stronger because of it. Um, I forget where we were going, second referendum. Um, I think what's going to happen is we're going to keep coming back with a a, a new deal or plan or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and then it will go through Parliament and they'll vote on that and they'll try and get it through that way. Um, but there will come a point further down the line, and we are only talking about 72 days, so it's not that far down the line, that then you could be faced with the choice of a second referendum or no deal. And I think the more favourable option would be for a, a, a second, second referendum. Second
1: referendum. With, a, with, a, with a second referendum, though, if what if it was 52 eight to remain this time... You would then have to have a third to decide, yeah and it yeah like you 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 can't it would it, you basically would have to secure a huge majority a sixty forty a kind of a sixty five thirty five for it to actually have proper weight and give someone a mandate to do something whilst you just have the same problem just going over and over and over again
2: let's face it, when we're all doing this podcast in fifty years' time, we're still going to be talking about brexit <laughs> is did, did,
0: Every political landscape has say. been shaped now for the
2: next 50 years it, whether yeah. or not there's a second referendum and we if we leave you know with a deal no deal whatever on march twenty 29th th- th- there's going to be a campaign for another referendum which mm. will you know in the next five years ten years whatever so there's always whether you have another referendum like joe says you know if it's a if it's one all, the score's one all. Then you're going to have to have a a, a decider. Um, <laughs> if you have no referendum, there's going to be a campaign for another referendum after however many years. Anyway, yeah. so it's not going to go away.
0: God, no more referendums, please, God. Can we talk about Labour a bit? Because they're really, I think they're they're making a bit of a mess of this, aren't they? Like, what is, like. these constant votes of no confidence are like you you said earlier just side shows and distractions from the main event which is of kind of sticking the you know the biggest political decision anyone's going to make in our lifetimes um how if why i don't why the reluctance to commit to a policy how would you like why do you think Corbyn's doing such a bad job is he doing a bad job am i just
2: yeah well one of the one of the problems i mean it's not all Labour's fault but one of the problems is, is that the opposition isn't particularly effective at the moment or more importantly the leader, the yeah. leader is not particularly effective at the moment um, whether it's state um, pressing his case for a second referendum or um, a general election there's no no real clarity to, to what the opposition offers. I mean they, they want a general election but,
0: yeah, that but
2: is unlikely to happen in the current Situation yeah. at the moment, and polls suggest that they wouldn't win an election. I don't think, at the yeah, I, yeah. There's a, the poll last week, YouGov poll. I think there's Labour are six six points behind the Tory party at the yeah. moment, which they should be six points clear or more. He, the,
0: I mean, come on.
2: I mean, it, it, a straight um, fight between Theresa May and um, Jeremy Corbyn, and she wins hands down. She's quite liked in the wider public. She's the way. The way she's stoically battled on throughout yeah. the whole Brexit mess has resonated with the public. And um, I don't think, I don't think um, Labour would be very successful in a general election.
1: No. Well, I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to make a prediction before it happens, but he, he's, he's not even going to get close tonight with a no-confidence vote, is he? So you look at doing, doing the maths, there's 650 MPs, you've got seven Sinn Féin who don't take the seat and vote. You've got four tellers, four speakers. And his deputy, like, speaker and his deputy, and then one sick Labour MP who's not sitting at the moment. So that kind of leaves you with six hundred and thirty-four voting MPs tonight. Mm. And with the DUP, even if they don't really hate the Brexit deal, there's one thing they hate more, and that's kind of Labour's or Jeremy Corbyn's connection with Sinn Fein. So he's never going to convince them, and that's the nine. So there's a six, there's probably a 16, 17 MP swing where he, that Jeremy Corbyn somehow got to make up and the DUP 10 of them. Yeah. So he's, just, he's got no chance of ever, so he requires Conservative MPs to say, okay, hang on, we're going to vote against our own party and trigger a general election. That's really not going to happen, is it?
2: No. And the last thing the Tories want is a general election. So they're all going to, every, to, a, yeah. to, a, to an MP, they're all going to back um, Theresa May.
0: Do you think Europe would have been more receptive to a negotiation from Corbyn? Do you think the do you think the the Labour position that we can identify, even though it is quite woolly, was is that more appealing to the to Brussels?
1: I think the talk of having a permanent customs union and elements of single market alignment are definitely kind of things that Brussels would have like kind of gone for. So Michel Barnier, the the chief negotiator this morning. Um, in the Parliament during a Brexit debate it says, if Britain was to change its red lines to reflect potentially a closer partnership with Brussels after Brexit, then the EU would happily move to accommodate that. If, if Jeremy Corbyn was to come out and say, kind of, yes, we do want, we want a permanent customs union, we want kind of to be heavily aligned with the single market, then they, they, I think they'd be quite receptive for that.
0: Would the notion of the Labour customs union have had to include freedom of movement?
1: Uh, yes, that's that's kind of, you, you look at kind of the Norway Plus, which is kind of single market access with a customs union, that is, that will include freedom of movement. Right. But Turkey, Turkey also have a customs union with the EU that doesn't include single, uh, doesn't include, sorry, freedom of movement, but then Turkey have a lot of their trade policy dictated by Brussels. You've got to kind of say, but. You'd also expect member states would actually want British involvement in trade deals, because if you're in a customs union, not the customs union, you can sign trade deals outside the customs union. They have to reflect what's inside of it and kind of follow EU rules. But if we do that, that's what we're signing up to anyway. So that's our choice. We do have kind of a sovereign trade policy option um, there, but it just means we have to be very tightly aligned to what Brussels is saying on, say, food regulations, goods regulations, all... All of that kind of stuff.
0: I would love the idea that we were on the same model as Turkey after that Dominic Cummings show where the whole campaign was based around Turkey and (laughs) that would be, there'd be some beautiful irony in that. Did you watch Brexit and Civil War?
2: I did, yes, yeah. Did you think
0: it was brilliant? I did. Why didn't you have a character? I don't understand why you went in it. There should have been a character based on you.
2: I was (laughs) in another country. That's true. I I was in Southeast Asia for the whole entire referendum. process what so did it. you
0: think of that film did you think it was who do you think came out best worst
2: Dominic Cummings came out as a bit of a, a hero didn't he yeah kind of a um, genius I kind of in a strange way I felt a bit sorry for Craig Oliver as well yeah and these um, kids
0: eating that sad fish finger dinner yeah I that was sad
2: um <laughs> Bernard Jenkin didn't didn't come out particularly uh, well no
0: and the, whoever played aaron Banks the least flattering portrayal of aaron banks if that's even possible oh my goodness yeah
2: they whoever uh, uh they they got that pretty spot on <laughs> <laughs> bernard jenkins
1: had to refute kind of the claim that he had a cross trainer in his commons office and was furiously on it every time he was making a brexit related phone call
0: oh like victoria beckham she has a cross-trainer in her office, I think, but I don't think she's, maybe she should negotiate Brexit. Um, I thought that was a really good film. I thought it was a very, I thought it was sad, though, how it, like, even the Leave campaign didn't really have, it was just like an empty victory for them, wasn't it? Because they didn't really think they were going to win. Tell me about this phone call between Theresa May and Angela Merkel that you don't think happened, but that I've got on my notes very much did happen, Joe.
1: According to media reports, that's, that's kind of in the play out of another British tabloid. They're saying that Theresa May had this phone call with Angela Merkel, and it was meant to be very significant. And Angela Merkel was almost going to kind of be the catalyst on the EU level to make sure that Theresa May's offered maybe something significant, um, further assurances. But then once that kind of broke, um, like uh, some of the spokesmen for uh, Angela Merkel were kind of worked very hard to contact people and kind of say, "No, that didn't happen. That's not what we meant." But then there was some interesting um, kind of language used by uh, Heiko Maas, who is the German foreign minister, and he said, yes, look, the agreement, as it is, will stand, but there's not to say it will not be changed. I think that's what they were alluding to, was the political declaration. Um, And as we've hinted earlier, that's one thing that can be changed. It sets out our future relationship with kind of Brussels, with trade and security, but isn't, it's non-binding. It is, is an aspirational wish list. So I think that is what they were kind of alluding to on the German side, that yes, the political declaration is potentially the route that we will take to help break this impasse. I spoke to a, um, another kind of an another EU diplomat and they were, they were saying, oh, maybe if the deal was voted down, uh, we could look at putting some pressure on Ireland to change the political declaration to include a stronger assurance. So again, it's only going to be these assurances. The EU aren't going to stop the backstop, but they're happy to, I think, work and try and really outline the commitment that they don't want the backstop.
0: Well, there we go. What a historic day it was. Um, Martin, what do you think we'll be talking about this time next week? Will we have a deal that's passed?
2: No, we'll be talking about the same issues. Oh my God, help us. <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah, we're going to, it's just going to be a grind between now and March the 29th it's um we're gonna I think we're gonna have perhaps another vote of no confidence at some stage between now and then and we're gonna definitely have another vote on um a new a new deal a new plan b a tweak deal however you you call it and I think that's at the moment um that's what's going to happen they're, they're just going to keep chipping away until they somehow get it over the line through parliament what happened what we need to happen is parliament needs to come together mm. the government needs to talk to opposition parties and there needs to be some kind of consensus and also we we're just touching on europe there um whether we're going to get help from the germans whether we're going to get help from brussels europe needs to come together as well and we need to to reach out to europe and there's got to be some kind of way we can get an agreement between um All sides, all sides on this. Europe doesn't want a no deal. We don't want a no deal. Um, So that might focus minds.
0: Countdown continues. Thank you very much.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to Brexit, the final countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.